Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, Williams. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Supercoach Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Joining me tonight is 2019 Supercoach Champion, Des Creek. Desi, how are we, mate? Yeah, going well, Timmy. Um, not as well in Supercoach, unfortunately, but much to much. Mate, you're hanging okay. You're sort of what are you at about twelve or fourteen thousand? It's not not too yeah. far. It's not not too far off the pace, but yeah, just had a couple of below average rounds in a row, and that puts you back. But it's nothing you can't come back from. You're only a couple of hundred points off being back in the top one two k. So it's still early doors. Exactly right, mate. It's like you saw what happened on the weekend with blokes like Twole going down and Katoa went down for a while. Teddy and Turbo. You know, it only takes one week of that where a lot of highly owned players go down. You've managed to zig and zag around, and all of a sudden you, you're sort of back in it pretty quickly. So mate, it wouldn't be too disgruntled at the moment. Also, with his 2019 Supercoach runner-up, Walson Carlos. Walsh, how are we, mate? Yeah, not too bad, boys. I sort of had a middling round. I, you know, picked up a few places, maybe four or 500 places. I'm just uh, six, 16,000 or thereabouts, so... I'm um, looking to make a jump up in the next couple of weeks soon, but uh, probably dependent on whether Teddy plays because I haven't got him and it's pretty hard to get a player in that's around about $900,000 into your side. So that's I'm finding it really hard to get him in. So I'm just going to probably have to persist without him, which will be really tough. It's a tough one this week with Teddy. He's got that dream match up against the Dragons who they could absolutely slaughter the Roosters. Teddy could get a million points in it. He plays in the third game of the round, so it's not too late. So we, you can hopefully sort your trades after that. But he's also, you know, it's a little bit awkward there, isn't it, for a 900K bloke bringing him in early if he doesn't play. So, anyway, we'll see how that goes. Um, I've had a big week on and off the Supercage field. I'm officially the owner of a winning horse. My horse, Cheeseburger, won up in Townsville during the week. It took 10 starts. It's first eight starts to run a place, and then last week it won one race for about two or three lengths. So kudos to Cheeseburger for finally getting the job done for the owners. Uh, in Supercoach, I pumped out 11.76, and I'm now into 195th overall. So good start to the year there. Uh, had Teddy's skipper, which I was a bit dirty about when he went off early, but he also had a pretty filthy try assist there, which was an unreal pickup from whoever the wing was there. Um, so not, not too worried about that. And I avoided the brunt of the pain injury drama, so that sort of helped my score a fair bit. Uh, topic for this week, guys, was the awarding of points. I had a really good question on one of the articles during the week from Mitch. Um, he asked, 
he asked about the the way points are awarded in Supercoach, which um, some people have a good idea of, but it is quite um, difficult to comprehend a lot of the time. We've done a bit of work with it, so we've got a bit of an idea. Um, so we'll just rattle off a quick little, couple of those questions for him. Uh, for example, he says, does someone who gets an offload away still get the point for a hit-up as well as the offload? Um, and you definitely do get the hit-up points when you offload. Um, when it comes to offloads, a lot of people don't know as well. There's effective and ineffective offloads. An effective offload is worth four points. That's when someone offloads and it goes to hand of a teammate, obviously. And an ineffective offload is when you offload and it hits the deck and then a teammate picks it up, which is worth two points. Uh, he also asks, does it constitute a broken tackle if there's defenders hanging off them when they get the ball free? Um, not 100% certain, but I'm pretty sure that, no, you don't get a broken tackle if you offload and there's players still on you. A uh, really good one here, obviously relevant for this year, but do ruck infringements triggering a six again count as an error, count as an error or penalty against the offending player? Um, and no, they don't this year. I'm sure that'll probably change in time as they get a bit better at recording these stats, but um, no, you don't lose points for that. And then he says, when a penalty is blown for the attacking team in a tackle, does the hit-up that caused it still count as the hit-up even though the penalty is blown? And, yes, the hit-up definitely counts in that scenario. Um, guys, if you are interested in our subscription package at all, it's $30 for the NRL content, uh, $40 for the NRL and Big Bash package for the end of the season. This gives you access to hundreds of extra articles throughout the season. Um, if you're not interested in that, there's plenty of free content as well, so um, jump on that at scplaybook.com.au. Um we are going to offer a little bit extra to subscribers from this week onwards. Um, we're going to do a subscriber-only Q&A. We've had a huge influx of questions across social social media channels, which we really appreciate um, since we launched at the start of the year. We do our best to answer those, but it has become a little bit overwhelming. So um, as a sort of a guarantee to subscribers, we're going to record just a quick sort of 15, 20-minute um, recording each week, probably the guy who isn't on the podcast each week, um, and put that up as an article and they can answer your questions. So we'll do our best to get to all the subscriber, subscriber questions. Um, feel free to jot in if you're not a subscriber too, to our other channels and whatnot. But, um, yeah, we want to do our best to get our answers to the subscribers. Um, so you'll see a little bit about that during the week. So jump onto that and have a look. Jumping into the Round 7 team list now, Penrith versus the Rabbitohs Thursday at 7.50 p.m. at Jubilee Stadium. That one's been moved from... I think it might have been Campbelltown Stadium due to the state of the surface. Uh, at Penrith, there's no changes for them after their strong win over the storm. Uh, the team information is courtesy of NRL.com as well. Des, I'll start with you, mate. What are your thoughts on Penrith? Yeah, uh, uh, it's a cracking game, this one. Uh, I think both teams come out hard and fast, probably on the back of um, Cook and Coruscant. Uh Very keen to see if um, Appy can go toe-to-toe with Cook for control over the middle third there. Um if he can sort of outplay Cook in this game, you'd have to say there'd be some serious questions about whether he's still a trade-out to a Cook or Cam Smith for your final 17. Um, Nathan Cleary, I still stand by my statement uh, at the start of the season. He could average over 80 for the season. And at halfback, it's such a volatile position. He's just so damn consistent. Um, has a much bigger floor than his counterparts um, in SJ and Moses, those sort of guys. Um, unfortunately, I can't get him in this week, so I'm stuck with Luai in my 17. Um, hopefully, he can get a try assist or two. But, yeah, Yeo and Mansour, also super consistent, pretty much keepers in the centre wing for me. 
Yeah, all good shouts, mate. That's it. Everyone's going to want Cleary so bad the way he's looking. He's, he's become such so such a fixture-proof halfback that you know, there's so many other issues to deal with in your side, probably not too much the halves, that it's going to be hard getting him in. Um, whilst I'll go to you, mate, and I'll probably start with, do you see Appy Coruscant being top two hookers at the end of the year? Is that pitch only clearer or I'm still not sure? Oh, it's a, probably a bit uncertain. I mean, I don't feel like Appy's done anything wrong to get traded out. I just think... Uh, his scores are going to fluctuate depending on the games. He's always a chance of getting line breaks um, off quick play of the balls. It's just whether Penrith can generate that ruck speed. And uh, they were really impressive against Melbourne. I mean, I thought like if they're the hardest team to generate ruck speed against. And he looked really good. I think he punched out maybe a 70 odd. Um, so oh, he's, uh, he's averaging 74.3. So yeah, I wouldn't, I'd be holding Appy. I wouldn't be sort of pulling the trigger too much on Cook. That was a pretty soft try he scored against the Warriors, which, you know, if you look at the line break, try, run, tackle break, I mean, what's that, 31 points or something like that. So 31 points in one play, if you take that away, you know, around about the 70 mark anyway. Like Cook, Cook will be up there, but I still think Appy and Harry Grant are a great combination. You bought them cheap. And I think they'll go toe-to-toe with Smith and Cook for the rest of the season, in my opinion. Yeah, no, fair shout. And uh, there was a bit of a worry about Kurt Cape leading into Isaiah Yo's minutes. We saw Yo play 60 minutes there one or two weeks in a row. Um, pretty well locked in now. With no Cape, Isaiah Yo's going to be in 80 minutes. So that's great signs. And if you don't have him in centre wing, you're just doing it wrong at the moment. Over at the Bucs, Tom Amone is out after suffering a serious knee injury against the Warriors. Centre James Roberts replaces him on the interchange bench. Um, it's it's tough one, that hooking conundrum. I'm, Damien Cook's a guy that I'm looking at getting, getting in this week. He's a bit of a pod. I sold Appy a couple of weeks ago uh, to, to Grant. That was more of a free-up cash move um, more than anything. Um, I'm pretty happy about it from what I've seen with Appy so far, but I'm with you. He hasn't done much wrong to deserve getting traded, so um, there's no harm in holding there, and he could end up in the top two. He's looking that way at the moment. Um, Des, that sounds Latrell's the obvious target. Are you convinced on him? He, I think he had 71 points on the weekend. He had two tries, three line assists, and still only got 71. That base has got to be a bit of an issue. Yeah, it's definitely concerning. Um, but with his draw, you wouldn't be too worried as, as an owner over the next month or so. I mean, it's, it's that sort of season where you could just trade him out after his good run and trade him back in for another good run. It's that sort of, it's that sort of season, so... Um, yeah, I, I think Cook and Murray are basically the only viable um, hold for the season options for the Bunnies. They're pretty much fixed to proof and they're just going to be threatening through the, the middle third the entire the entire game. So if Murray gets those minutes, he's definitely a trade-in for me. Yeah, that's it. And, and I've had Ken Murray all year and been sort of not overly happy with him, but um, with his move to lock, he's gone back to 60 minutes. I think that's probably more as a result of the fact that it's coincided with matches with the Titans and the Warriors, which they've had a pretty comfortable lead on. Um, so he got that early breather. But if you play 60 minutes again this week with the likes of McGuinness and Madison and Malola going nuts, uh, I'm just not convinced that he will be the, the elite second role that we hope he is. But I think we'll find out a lot about it this week. Wallace, what do you reckon the Rabbitohs? Yeah, Campbell Graham's a player that interests me. Um just what what are they going to do with Roberts coming back? He's looked really impressive in the centres. To me, he's a centre. Maybe he moves to the left centre 
and Braden Burns gets turfed because um, Braden Burns is going nowhere near as well this year um, as he has been. But um, he can post some pretty decent scores, uh, Campbell Graham. If you have a look at his scores, you know, uh, he did have a 30 against the Gold Coast, which is disappointing, but everything else is over 45, and he's put a 67 against Melbourne and an 84 last week against New Zealand. So he's definitely a pot at 3%. Uh, so he'd be one to keep an eye on. But, yeah, yeah I think you guys have nailed it. Uh, Cam Murray, <laughs> I, I traded him out before he scored 120, I think. But um, uh, it's just you just can't trust Bennett with his minutes. He's sort of tinkering around with his minutes. And the thing with Murray is you don't score any points for quick play the balls. <laughs> in fact, he's so good at generating that ruck speed and he creates tries and line breaks for people off the back of it, like Cody Walker and Damian Cook, but um, he doesn't get any actual points for that himself for getting halfway through a gap and then playing the ball quick. So he's going to get his big scores and that, but, you know, there's probably better players in the second row that you need to have in there, like Madison and that, who's just going outstanding this year. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, I think with Murray, if he's playing 70 minutes, I'm happy to have him there as a season-long keeper just because that base stats will be up, particularly playing in the middle. But And while, while he's probably the most likely to get an attacking stat of all the second rowers, he needs it to be elite. He doesn't have the base of those other guys. So let's see how many minutes he gets this week and then, and then uh, reassess from there. Storm v Warriors Friday at 6 p.m., at Melbourne, the returns of Josh Adokar and Jerome Hughes, a huge boost to the side with Marion Seve and Riley Jacks making way. A uh, couple of interesting, interesting guys there. Obviously, Cam Munster's very popular this week at 5'8". Ryan Pappenhausen flopped again this week. If you want to turn him into Teddy or Ponga, it's going to cost you about 300k, which is obscene amounts of money. It might have been close to 400k for Teddy. Uh, whilst I'll start with you, thoughts at Melbourne and obviously I suppose the two big ones there, Pappenhausen and Cam Munster. Yeah, Pappenhausen's been a complete bust. I started with him, so if you've still got him, you're in all, all sorts of trouble. Um, trade <laughs> trade two weeks ago. Um, Branko Lee interests me a fair bit because they've sort of just built his game around defence, but if he starts to open up in attack, he's got a lot of points in him. Uh, Munster, I'm tossing up. I just had a look then I, to see whether I could bring in Munster and Cleary and I'm about 30, 33,000 off it, so that's a bit disappointing. I could have turned Drinkwater and Moses into Munster and Cleary, which is a oh. much more enticing proposition. But I could do Munster and sure, SJ or SJ and Cleary. So that's probably like it, I might take the opportunity to upgrade my halves or I might just bite the bullet and get Teddy in and just pay the cash because I'll be too scared of what he'll do to St. George. Um, but, yeah, Melbourne, I mean, apart from Munster, I mean, you've got Cam Smith there. Not much else that's of interest, I guess. Um, Jerome Hughes comes back, but I wouldn't be going anywhere near him. So, yeah, I think it's just Munster looked really good. Um, you'd have to think. He's going to get better and the game plan is going to revolve around him and um, against some tired Warriors forwards, he could get some serious tackle breaks on the weekend. Yeah, that's it. As I said, the Storm had such tough opposition. When they start getting a few easier matches like the Warriors this week, um, who knows? The sky's the limit for Cam Munster, who we know can go 150 past. We've seen him do it in the past. Desi, um, main question is on Pappenhausen because there is still a fair few that own him. 
I think there's too much upside to Pappenhausen, particularly with a few of these easier games coming up. I don't think it's worth ripping your side apart to go him to Teddy or Ponga this week. What are your thoughts? Yeah, unfortunately at 443K, it's just not worth selling. Um, I had too much faith in Wayne Bellamy as a coach. I thought maybe he'd add something to Poppenhausen's game over the offseason to make him even more threatening, but instead teams have just sort of worked out how to defend him. He does the exact same dummy every time, runs the exact same line off the rock off Cam Smith. Um, but, yeah, in saying that, he still might tear up the Warriors, even if he, even if they do sort of know how to defend him. Um, but, yeah, he's not worth selling. He's a hold. Yeah, I'd be holding. And I think if you you would obviously be playing him this week, and I think you could surely, surely bank on a 60-plus score. But uh, we've said that for a few weeks in a row now, and it hasn't happened. Uh, over the Warriors, it's Todd Payton's first game in charge. Carl Lawton covers the suspended Wade Egan at Hooker. Jack Murchie, the former Raider, starts with the injured Eliezer Katoa in the second row. Ken Mamalo returns on the wing with Jared Beale out of the 17. And Chanel Harris-Tavita and Isaiah, Isaiah Papali'i return on the bench. David Fusatua and Lachlan Burr are both named despite failing HAs last week. Um, we won't spend too much time on the Warriors. Eliezer Katoa is probably a sell now and uh, that injury early on in that game on the weekend, even though he came back, robbed him of a couple of extra price rises. Uh, and Jermaine Tanua-Brown's probably a sell now as well or not far off it. Um, Walson, anything to add at the Warriors? No, not really. I think you summed it up. Um, Tohu Harris, maybe. Yeah, but but then they've put him to an edge back rower. I know they've been naming him at 12, but I don't see Blair playing edge back row. So... Yeah, I think I think he'll probably play. He'll probably play there unless Papa Leahy comes in and plays edge back row. Yeah, so I, I I don't. There's not a lot of interest there at all, to be fair. Yeah, Roosters v Dragons Friday 7:55 p.m. at Bankwest Stadium. James Tedesco has been named for the Roosters, which is huge. Uh, you think you'd have to think after getting absolutely mauled by Mike Asiva last week, the way the Roosters are playing, you'd expect to put a score on the Dragons and. Um, Trent Robinson, who's very happy to rest players, he'd have to be pretty tempted to rest Teddy this week. Um, Sam Burrells and Lindsay Collins both replaced Satili Tupanua and Mitchell Orbison on the bench. Um, Desi, I'll start with you. With how good the Roosters are with these new rules and in general, there's always options there. Um, what do you reckon of the Roosters, mate? Yeah, they're bloody good. They they look even better than last year to me, the Roosters. I don't know how. Uh, these Morris brothers are just playing so well at the moment. Um, they're playing incredible. Um, yeah, my, unfortunately, my pod from a month ago or so, um, Angus Crichton, he's been a good shout, but shame I didn't follow my own advice. <laughs> now he's over 700K. The whole team's just so expensive. I mean, talk about Tedesco, but there's so many players over 700K at the Roosters. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought there might be too many cooks in the kitchen, but it seems like they're all just on a points bonanza. It's not stopping. Well, and that's it's the Dragons this week. Oh. Um, it's James Tedesco. The name's giving me nightmares. I can't I can't afford him. Um, <laughs> yeah, but obviously an error in judgment to start without him, fair and square. Um, I, I don't know why I didn't trust him. He was a big part of my winning season last year. I guess you just live and learn. Yeah, that's it, mate. It's, it's a new year every year and things happen. But, man, seriously, that James Tedesco, whether he plays or not this week, is going to have such massive ramifications on the scoring because – he could dead take that two runs against the Dragons. I know they've won two in a row, but I'm um, hardly convinced there. Also, anything to add at the Roosters? 
Uh, no, nah, yeah, it is interesting. Like, Des makes a really good point because really the only super coach relevant players that the Roosters had um, when Orbison was starting in the second row was Tedesco. But now there's just like a plethora of them. I mean, you could probably take a swing at either of the Morris brothers, particularly if you think Tedesco might be rested. Brett Morris playing fullback, um, I think he put up 80 or 100 a couple of weeks ago playing fullback because anyone playing fullback for the Roosters would probably do that against some of these sides. So um, Flanagan's one that, uh, geez, yeah, a lot of people missed him, but the people that got him would be going well as well. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to have to wait. I think I've, I think I've resigned myself to the fact that um, I'm not going to be able to fix my halves this week. I'm just going to have to get Tedesco in if he plays, and if he doesn't play, uh, I can look at maybe fixing my halves, and that probably makes the decision for me. It means... Oh, actually, Penrith and Melbourne play before the Roosters. That's really unlucky. Uh, so that, there goes probably Munster and Cleary. <laughs> uh, so, but it keeps it keeps Sean Johnson alive and maybe upgrade a back rower to uh, to um, Matto or something like that. But yeah, that's that's really unlucky. But. Um, I, I, I want to give myself a chance to get in Teddy. You know, I probably should have got him in three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, the one that really piques my interest in the Roosters, he always has, but even more so this year because he's, he's, he's Daniel Tupu. He's at 576K, averaging 68 points on the end of that lethal Roosters back line, averaging 34 in base, which is which is seriously impressive. Um, he scored, started the year with 33 against Penrith, and he hasn't scored under 58 since with a couple of big scores. The Roosters have the Dragons this week. Then they have the Storm, Cowboys, Raiders. Then it goes Warriors, Titans, Dragons. So it's a pretty damn good draw there. Um, I talk about Tupu every week, and I think this could, could be the week with Bradman Best now being out for the week, which we'll get to later. Um, I'm pretty tempted on, yeah, going with Daniel Tupu, but whether or not I do, it's a different matter. He's about 80K cheaper than Nofaluma, who I'm also eyeing off. Um, over at the Dragons, probably not too much to add there either. Jason Saab replaces the suspended Jordan Pereira on the wing. Blake Laurie starts to prop. Josh Kerr goes back to the bench. Jackson Ford places the Super League bound James Graham. Um, I'll go to you, mate, for a quick one there. Kinnis um, is probably the only really relevant name there. Um, do we, he came back to earth a little bit with mid-50s on the weekend. Do we still think he's a, a bona fide keeper? Yeah, he definitely is. It's, it's still a respectable score. He, he didn't really get his claws into that game too much. But, yeah, he's still a must-have for mine. And I, I still like Zach Lomax as well um, at centre wing. They're pretty much the only two Dragons you'd even think about owning. Zach Lomax has been good, hasn't he? Like, he's, he's been a real find for those people that grabbed him because, you know, he was chopping and changing positions and all that sort of stuff. So you've done well to hang on to him. And he looks like a solid centre wing score. His defence was really, really good on the weekend and, in real NRL. Um, but, like, Blake Laurie and Trent Merrin are both pretty decent scorers, but, you know, they're both probably, like, middles, like, lock slash middles. But with McInnes going into that lock role and playing 80 minutes, um, it's hard to get either of them. It's really it's really McInnes or bust. But oh, I'm not convinced that McInnes is going to go that high against these teams. He'd have to be punching out 60 tackle counts, but... Um, he seemed to not run as much against the Titans, um, and 
Yeah, I, I would expect him to get physically bashed against some of these sides because of his size. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it'll be a big test here for McInnes and his, yeah, his genuine buyer credentials because if they're, I mean, we probably expect the Jaguars to get bashed, bashed up a bit and, and McInnes withstands that. He'll have a crack, we know that. But uh, whether his scoring takes a hit, we'll find out. Um, Zachy Lomax, I own, he's done a great job so far. Found a home at centre. Um, I think he looks pretty good wherever he plays, but. Um, I'd, I'm pretty reluctant to play in my 17 against the Roosters in case they do demolish them to, to nil or sort of six points, which they could do. Um, Cowboys night, Saturday, 3pm at QCB Stadium in Townsville. At the Cowboy, Ruben Cotter replaces Corey Jensen on the interchange. Um, a pretty minor change to the team after being smashed last week by the Tigers. Um, Walson, what are your thoughts at the Cowboys, mate? Oh, they're in a bit of trouble, aren't they? I think I think Paul Green's in a bit of trouble, particularly because of the way the coaching market is at the moment. And this is not non-supercoach uh, related, but, um, you know, there's going to be a bit of a scramble to get Wayne Bennett, I think, which is interesting at this stage of his career. I think the Warriors will want him. I think the Bulldogs will want him. Um, and there might even be some interest from the Cowboys, to be honest with you. So the, the sides that are... Um, sort of coming – they have their coaches that they're either going to sack them or they're coming off contract. I think a lot of them will be interested or intrigued by the Bennett um, option, and there's a few other coaches around as well. So um, they, they looked in all sorts against the Tigers, and the Tigers – like that game could have been 50 or 60 until uh, Drinkwater took that intercept, and um, it sort of changed the momentum of the game a bit, and there was – couple of tries off kicks and and that type of thing and uh but yeah i expect the knights to go up there and put a bit of a score on them particularly at three o'clock in townsville um i think they'll be spirited the cowboys but i think the way the knights are going the way saifidi's playing um yeah like my, my problem is i'm stuck with drink water and i think there's a lot of people like that I, I, i'm not sure how many he's owned by but i know a lot of people started with him um, he did pretty well last week, but I think that'll be more the exception than the norm. Uh, so I think there's a lot of people trying to get him out. Some people might be considering playing the hammer as well. It's a really risky play because he nearly ended up on like um, single digits last week until a late run. So that's probably the relevance. Like Lolo, lock him in. You know, he should be in your side and he'll score up, up to it. So um, that's probably the relevant players of the cows, I think. Yeah, are you playing Drinkwater in your seventeen this week? Oh, I have to. I don't have any options really, um, unless I use one of my trades to get him out. But I'm more inclined. I have to really look at it, uh, Moses. Like have a close look at Moses because I want to get Drinkwater or Moses out. Um, but it's going to be a financial decision and if I get Teddy in, I'm not going to have the money to get someone really decent. What I would love is if uh, Cleary pulled the trigger on um, Luau or, you know, he broke COVID restrictions <laughs> and so I could bring in, uh, what's his name, the Burton, you know, because I think he's going to be a good player, but that's that's wishful thinking. I'd like to I, – I sort of hope they might bring in Josh Schuster or something to play 5-8 for – uh, manly, but that didn't happen as well. They're going to play Croker there, which is understandable. But, um, yeah, I need a bit of a circuit breaker there in the halves. Oh, I have no confidence in, in drink water. But, you know, in saying that, he, he, he did okay last week. 
Mate, we might get a, we might be able to pay someone to go over to Jerome Luai's house and shake his hand <laughs> just, just to suit your super coach for a week. Yeah, yeah. Set it up, mate. Yeah. At the night, massive news with Bradman Best ruled out after inadvertently breaching the NRL's COVID-19 protocols. And Nari Chuali comes back into the centres for him. Um, it does sound like Best will only be out for a week, but in a week where we're just absolutely strapped for plays with all the injuries from last weekend and suspensions, couldn't have come at a worse time. Um, there's there's a heap going on at the Knights, mate, um, from Caelan Pong to Mitchie Pearce, who's at 400k after getting one a couple of weeks ago when he got knocked out. Um, Kurt Mann's going big, um, just keeps doing a job for us. Daniel Saifidi emerged this week, mate. Make sense of all that for us. I said pre-season Caelan Ponga probably wouldn't be as good this year, but I'm made to eat my words. He's just he's playing so well. He's an absolute freak. That step, he's he made, it's it's pretty much like he's the best player inside the opposition ten in the game. He's better than Teddy. He's better than Turbo. He's he's so good close to the line. He's going to get attacking stats pretty much every week. Um, yeah, I, I'm bringing him in this week. I'm going Turbo straight to Ponga. Probably captain him or monster. Um, but yeah, the, the Knights are looking real good. Saifidi, 101 points. Absolute weapon, averaging 74 points. I mean, I, I can see why you bring him in. He's, I, I don't know what his ownership is at, but he's, he's seriously, he's, he's there to win. Um, and Clamour, obviously, also still bonding along nicely. Um, he's, his minutes are still a bit of a concern, but he's, He's scoring so well; it doesn't even matter. The offloads there, the Knights. I hope, I hope um, my trade of bringing in Ponga, that Wilson's right, and they smash the Cowboys. Yeah, Daniel Sofidi's just come from the clouds. I mean, I mean, I know he played Origin last year, but in a super coach sense, um, if you take out the first two rounds of the year where he played thirty-five and forty-three minutes, uh, he since then he's averaged fifty-seven minutes per game, eighty points per game, and sixty-four base per game. Um, you know, he's still only 550k, so if you think he can keep that up, look, he's a pretty good replacement for, for Alex Wall there, who a lot of people will be looking to offload now. Um, Wilson, I was watching this game as a Ponga owner and just as a Ponga fan and an NRL fan. Ponga was just restricted to that right edge the whole night, and for the life of me, I could not work out what was going on with Adam O'Brien and why that was the game plan. Like, Ponga just stuck on the right edge and did not look to play on the left edge, which is his strong side by a mile. Mate, make sense of that for me. I can't, to me, you know, and we were messaging messaging each other and we were really frustrated and because I'd captained him, of course. But um, it was strange. But I remember Brown did something similar last year, I think it was. And I don't know if it's just, you know, uh, game plan specific. I hope it is. But... Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really strange. He played a lot on the right-hand side exclusively and then they used um, man on the left, the left-hand left side. If that continues, it may restrict it a bit because the game plan is based around Pierce a lot, which is understandable. He's, you know, he's a good halfback, but um, they didn't tend to do a lot of block plays out to Ponga where he's really lethal. Um, so I'm hoping that they get back to that because – the right side defence for the Cowboys is abysmal, really. Like, they bite in all the time, and I expected he could carve them apart um, in a day game up in Townsville. Um, but if they get a bit cute with it, and, you know, I'm sure there's a reason why O'Brien's doing it and he's, and he's restricted to the right-hand side. It's not his preferred passing side. He likes to run the ball. 
teams have seen him slip through for a couple of tries early, so they're unlikely to take his dummy. So it's going to restrict his point. In saying all that, for as as frustrating as he was, he still punched out seventy eight. So. As Desi said, I think he's got to be in your side. I don't know. It's a toss-up between him and Teddy, who you put um, as captain this week. I probably lean towards Ponga because um, I think Ponga's, you know, due for a big game. Um, but Teddy could go ballistic against St. George as well. Yeah. What do you think about Monster against the Warriors Wolves as a captain? Uh, the the problem with Munster is you can never pick the times. Like he could go one fifty against the top four side. Like that's just he. Um, historically, I don't know whether he has really shown a propensity to go bigger against weaker sides. If that makes sense, um, I don't mm. know how Melbourne is set up like they in those games like the lesser players like a Jerome Hughes or maybe even, you know, a Pappenhausen probably take a stronger role or Cam Smith around the ruck, but he could go big against Warriors hundred percent. You know, he's, he, he, he's getting himself on both sides of the ruck and things like that. But Jerome Hughes throws a bit of a cat amongst the pigeons. Like he's, he was playing poorly before he broke his hand and went out for a week or two. And um, I'm just interested to see how he comes back into that team. And if he stifles them a bit like he did in the first two weeks back, um, you know, that might hurt at Munster's game a bit. Yeah, for sure. There's a stack of good captaincy options this week. And as you know, they're, they're all blokes who can go sort of 150 plus or a lot of all them blokes we just spoke about. So nailing that is going to be huge this week. Uh, Broncos v Titans, Suncorp Stadium, 5.30 on Saturday. At the Broncos, Tessie New starts at fullback with Jamaine Asako onto the bench, who is now an obvious sell. Pat Carrigan and Tom Flegler are suspended, and they're both a sell as well, in my opinion. Joe Offing-Gowley starts at lock with Jamil Hopwada and Reese Kennedy joining the interchange with Corey Pax dropping out with a strained peck. Isaac Luke starting at hooker for the Broncos. Um, I'll go with you, whilst as the Queenslander. Bit of a rabble at the moment, the Broncos. Surely with the game against the Titans, then it, it might be the Warriors in a week or two. Um, they've got to bounce back, don't they? Yeah, they've got a decent run and they're a decent side as well. They've just had a really tough run and um, they're down on confidence. So, you know, this should be the game that they get a bit of confidence. I thought Isaac Luke looked really good for him um, at stages. Um, he's a veteran, but he'll give them a bit of leadership around there. They gave Payne Haas a bit of a break, so hopefully you'll expect a big game from him uh, this time around. Tavita Pangai Jr. looked pretty good. I've seen a lot of comments and questions about people bringing him in. Um, he's definitely got tackle break ability, but he misses plenty of tackles as well. Um, the two that I'm interested in, I have Tessie New, and I'm bringing him straight into my starting side. Um, I've been waiting for him to get a crack at this, so I'm got a week to get his crack for you. Yeah, and I think that's I think Seabold's done the right thing by him. He's 18. Um, okay, I'll give him a crack against the Titans. You know, so they're they're not morals to win against the Titans, but. If they turn up with the right attitude and hungry, they should go go fairly well against them. Um, the other one's Herbie Farnworth. I haven't had a close look at him, but I saw a few people speculating about him and possibly he would get uh, the, the goal kicking as well. Um, he's pretty impressive, Herbie Farnworth, like, um, but you just got to wonder how, you know, whether Secure because I guess Katoni Stags will come back at some stage. 
Yeah, that's it. And there's actually – there was a bit of talk that um, Staggs might have been a chance for this week, but he's missed out on the 21, so uh, he won't be in there. But, yeah, and then, I mean, Xavier Coates is the other one who's just over 200K. He's been one of the shining lights for the Broncos. And, um, look, he's a really good downgrade option this week. I think with his form, I'd struggle to see him getting dropped, even with Tony Staggs coming back. Um, over at the Titans, again, plenty of stuff going on there, as there always is. Dale Copley replaces young Tottenham Pierre at centre. Mitch Rain bumps Aaron Clarke out of the hooking role, while Sam Lasone and Keegan Hitgrave are named to start. Jamal Jolliffe benched and Bryce Cartwright out of the 17. Jared Wallace returns on the interchange. Desi, just quickly on the tight, mate, I know you're a fan of Mo Fodawaka. Um, are you looking to buy him this week? Yeah, I mean, it was out of Fodawaka and Saifidi for, um, for 12, obviously. Um, Fodawaka. He started the last four games for an average of 71 points per game in 62 minutes per game with 64 base, um, 75 minutes in the front row against the Dragons. And he's, he's cheap, 516K. Um, he's absolute quality. He's really strong through the middle third. He has an offload. He has tackle bust ability. Um, he's ticking on real nicely, I think. Um, and Arrow, obviously, still looking good. Um, uh, I'm glad I held him. He looks good for 65 to 70 every week. Yeah, that's it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty tempted by Mo as well as a second front rower there for Payne Haas. Um, and Jai Arrow, I actually think Jai Arrow may have been a sell this week. If all was going well and rose and you could upgrade him to a Madison or a Tom Lola or something like that. But with the amount of injuries going on, Jai Arrow is certainly not going to be your biggest worry in your side this week. Uh, Eels versus Raiders. This should be a corker of a game if the Raiders can pull their fingers out and actually play well. Uh, Saturday at 7.35 at Bankwest Stadium. Brad Takarang replaces Penny Terrapo on the Parramatta bench. Nathan Brown's been named at lock despite facing the judiciary for a potential suspension, which is coming out tonight. Um, whilst at the Eels, um, I mean, people are sort of thinking, Mitch Moses, you're looking like you might be selling this week. Um, writing's on the him. Yeah, I, I don't think he's been too bad. I mean, you know, like the games when he's he's gone low, um, one was, I think it was a wet night early on before COVID, and then the last one was against uh, the Roosters. So you can't complain too much about that. But he hasn't, he, he and everything else, he scored over um, 55, and then he punched out that 108 against the Gold Coast. But he's definitely playing better footy. But I still feel he's a little bit lateral. But um, the draw coming up's not too bad. I mean, after Canberra, they get the Cowboys, uh, Newcastle, which is a tough Manly, who are decimated somewhat, but it'll be brave. And then they get West, Bulldogs, Sharks, St. George. So they have got a pretty decent run coming up. So I could see people being justified in keeping him. Personally, I know he doesn't have goal kicking in that, but I'm actually tempted to bring in Brown, even though he's way past the price that I've identified him at, just to watch him play, how well he's playing. He gets a crack at the right side defence of Canberra this week, um, which we know Curtis Scott's been struggling big time. Um, So, you know, I expect Lane and uh, Michael Jennings to, to, to give them some grief over there running off uh, Dylan Brown. So I still think he's a, he's a solid play. Yeah, that um, that left edge, as you said, it's 
Now, you've been calling Dylan Brown for a long time now. I can just bite the bullet and get him in because if he turns up this week, you'll just mm. be completely shaking your head at it. Um, Michael Jennings gave, was it Joey Manu, a bit of a bloodbath there on the weekend. Who Manu's one of the best defenders in the NRL. Jennings, the old Silver Fox, just schooled him. So um, that matchup with Curtis Scott's pretty tempting for any of those left edge Parramatta players. And Mike Acevo's on the end of that, onto that on the end of that edge. So um, Mike Acevo's one that I'm looking at in a couple of weeks' time. Um, Des, just at the edge, Ryan Madison, he's only about 26% ownership. He's an absolute must-have, as close to it as you can get. 91 points on the weekend, hardly an attacking stat, if any. Um, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, outside Moses, he, he's just looking so good. Um, 67 in base, and he's averaging 83 points per game. Um, yeah, is, is he the best number one? Is he the number one uh, second row forward this year? That, that's the question. Um, is he better than Lolo? He might be. <laughs> mate, how, that, it's huge. If you said that at the start, of the year, that anyone would be better than Lolo, you just laugh. But, mate, it's seriously looking that way at the moment. Uh at the Raiders, the Raiders run changed despite the loss to the injury-played Manly side. Look, there's not heaps going on at the Raiders supercoach-wise. George Williams, I think, has just about peaked in price. Done a good job, has earned some good coin, but if I was you, I'd be looking to upgrade to a Cleary or a Cam Munster or someone like that. Um, Corey Horse was still ticking along. I'm a very happy owner of him, averaging about 60 points per game. Um, I'll be holding to him and probably partnering him as my second man to Payne House for a few more weeks going forward. Um, but elsewhere, Josh Papali hasn't quite hit his straps. I think Joe Tapney's had the end of his tenure as a Supercoach player for this season or for the time being. Um, and there's, yeah, there's really not too much else going on there. So we'll move on to Manly and Cronulla, live at Central Coast Stadium. Um, you'd have to think Manly would be gassed after their win last week. It was massive. Tommy Turbo and Dylan Walker are both out. Brendan Elliott moves to fullback. Lockie Croker to 5'8". George Tafua returns on the wing and Marty Tapao's back from injury in the front row, which is timely. Absolutely huge for him. Uh, and old Cade Cast onto the interchange bench as the utility player. Um, Des, you're a manly boy. What are your thoughts there, mate? Yeah, uh, I think they might actually struggle to win this one. Uh, yeah, they'll be pretty gassed after that um, Trojan performance. Um, <laughs> Tapao and Fanua Blake still the only sort of two that you'd even think about having. Um, I mean, Jake Trebojevic as well. He's going to be solid. If, if you're high up in the ranks, you could slot in Jake Turbo and be be happy with him sort of cementing some scores for you. But Fanua Blake um, would be the guy I'd be trading in if, if you're chasing ranks. Um, he's, he's getting sort of decent enough minutes to be able to do damage while he's on the field. Um, but, yeah, he, he hasn't been able to get over yet, but he'd be the one I'm looking at. Mate, I'll speed you off air a little bit. And Daily Cherry Evans peaked a little bit of interest for you as well. Yeah, I mean, without Turbo there, he obviously um, will take up a lot of the attacking ball. Um, that's why I started with Cherry Evans last year because Turbo wasn't there. But without the goal kicking, I just I think there's better options than him. But yeah, he's he's a definite pod. Yeah, I'm with you. I think if you can jag the goal kicking, which I mean is pretty unlikely, but Gary hasn't been hitting them that well this year. Um, if Gage wants to go down or miss a game for whatever reason, um, DCE without Tommy Turbo there getting plenty more attacking ball is a serious option, but not for the moment. Um, anything to add at Manly, Wilson? I think Tafita Foon is a fair um, is a fair cheapie. I think he's got a minus 42 
um, break even. I know he scored two tries in those first two games, but he comes into the centres, so he's likely to make more tackles. He's been a likely-looking type. Um, you know, he, he looks like he could break a few tackles. Though I wouldn't say Cronulla have the best defence um, on that right-hand side. So, um, yeah, it's it's sort of – I'd say he'd play, le- he'd, he'd, he'd play left centre. I think what's Brad Parker play? Does he play right or left? Parker's left, I believe. Oh, okay. So he might play. Oh, I'm not. I'm not certain of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll just have, just have a look at him. But if you are looking at bringing in a cheapie to, to make you some money, um, then I don't think Foon is the worst. Um, I think he'll go okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of Fanua Blake. You, you get him at a 90 90k discount. Um, and he seems to be warming into the season and should play some big minutes. Kepi's Kepi's an impressive player. Like, look out for Kepi in in the future. Like, he's one of the he, he's obviously been working with Jake Trebojevic because he's one of the most technically correct big men I've ever seen. And he hits and he hits hard underneath the ball. So, but you know, and he can if he gets decent minutes, he can translate into a pretty uh, good super coach player in future years. But um, that's not the case at the moment, but he, he, he will be he will be relevant in years to come. Yeah, good spot with Funo. He was I'd actually overlooked him um, doing my teams analysis earlier. And there was heaps and heaps of questions which we'll get to later about the best cheapies this week. You know, we've got the hammer, we've got Avarillo there, um Xavier Coates, but Funa at basement price is a pretty damn good get. Um, especially with the way Manly are playing their footy at the moment. Um, over at Cronulla. Andrew Feed has been named to start with Braden Hamlin-Ueli going back to the interchange. Um, fellas, I haven't been sold on Cronulla all year. I'm still not, but I know they only just knocked off the dogs on Sunday night, which isn't a, a huge uh, sort of mark of how well you're going. But I actually thought they looked better, and I thought it was a pretty decent quality game um, for what was expected. And really impressed with Sean Johnson, who running both sides of the rack, had a stack of runs, He's leading the NRL for triassists this year with eight, and he's still copying a hammering from the public because that's just what Sean Johnson does. Um, I'm happy with him going forward as my halfback. Um, Desi, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I had him as a plug this week. He's he's definitely got an okay run ahead. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a concern that he's leading in triassists and he's um, not going that well super coach points-wise. But, yeah, I, I think he was running the ball pretty well on the weekend. I think the Bulldogs, you have to give them credit. They played pretty bloody well. Um, but, yeah, I, I think SJ is definitely a buy going forward. And I think Katoa and Ramian, I, I definitely would be buying those two guys. Yeah, I own Ramian and certainly not setting the world alight. SJ just keeps cutting him out to Katoa and Katoa's getting all these attacking stats. But he's had a heap of space because SJ is creating it on the inside. Um I'll be holding Ramian because the Sharks have a really nice draw coming up over the next sort of four or five, or actually even longer, about the next seven or eight weeks. They have an amazing draw, so check that out. Um, but yeah, I'll be holding Ramian for the next three or four weeks. Wilson, any thoughts on Canola? Yeah, I think now's the time to get Johnson in. Uh, so I know we spoke about Cleary and we spoke about um, Munster, but Johnson at 500,000, he's an 80,000. He went up 30,000 last week. Uh, he's an 80,000 discount on what he started the year at. And generally, if you look at Sean Johnson, I know he's getting a little bit older than that, um, but he generally is one of the more consistent outputs of Supercoach points year on year that you'll ever see, even though he's got a 
history of being an inconsistent player. So uh, he, he play, he's playing a big role in that team, a lot uh, bigger role than what um, Chad Townsend is. He definitely cops a lot of unwarranted heat. Uh, I was one of – like a couple of weeks ago, he looked like he was injured and scared to run it when they beat the Cowboys and – you know, you see, you saw him pick up a loose ball, and he got, he sort of jogged, and then gave it to Ramy, and instead of taking off like the old SJ would have ran eighty, maybe that, maybe that player's gone. But he is kicking the corn as well, and his kicking game's very creative. And um, the way their right side attack is set up, they draw the winger out to shut down um, the sweeping player, and he's able to identify when that winger comes out of the line and put that kick in behind, and he's very effective at it. Um, so, yeah, I think Moylan helps him as well. So I think, yeah, definitely now's the time to get in Sean Johnson. There's not too many others that are that are relevant. Fafita's just a shell of the player he was. I'm not I'm not big on Jesse Raman. I think he'll have a couple of big scores throughout the year, but he'll be middling for the rest of it. Um, yeah, that's about it. There's not a lot that are relevant. Toby Rudos probably peaked. Do you think, Timmy? Yeah, Rudos pretty close to it now. He um, I mean, he's done a real good job. I actually got him in after two or three weeks. I beat him to that first price rise, but a break even of 25 now. He's 325K, so you can probably leak another week or two out of him. He played uh, 43 minutes on the weekend, which was his second most of the year. So they are going up. They rate him there at Canola, um, and obviously for good reason. Um, Bulldogs v Tigers to round out the weekend of footy. 6.30 on Sunday night at Bankless Stadium. Um, we won't talk about the dogs for too long, but Desi, Will Hopawade was in your your champion pods, I think, column last week. Um, do you still like the look of him? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's yeah, he's much better at fullback. Um, I think Wateni Lazlesniak is much better on the wing as well. Um, yeah, he, 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 his his base starts are just through the roof at fullback. Um, and he, he can definitely go big there as well if he gets the offload going. He's definitely shown propensity to throw them. I also like the look of um, Adam Elliott. Jeez, he, he played real well on the weekend. He's been throwing the offloads. The dogs were just throwing them like a wildfire, um, which correlates to supercoach points. Even if they're not winning games, the points will come for the Bulldogs if they keep throwing offloads. You're spot on, mate. And I think they've sort of finally realised what I can't understand with these squads that, that aren't clearly as strong as a lot of their opposition in the NRL. You know, you don't have to be the slickest backline in the competition to win games and put on points. The easiest way to, is just to go out to the fundamentals and pop that offload, start that second phase play, and then whip it wide from there when the defensive line's broken up. The Bulldogs have started to do that. And, yes, there's a bit of risk in, you know, turning the ball over. And we know how important completions are, but it's an easy way to get your attack going and put a few points on the board. And you're right, Will Hopalade, he offloads like an absolute legend there when he's playing fullback. So I like the look of him. I'm just a little bit worried about his ceiling playing at the Dogs. But as you said, he's been in the side for a few years now and he's scored some pretty big tons. So, I mean, he's proven us wrong in the past. Uh, Jake Avrilo is another guy there who's an option as a centre wing cheapie. He's out to 261k now, but still has a break even from Meg 35. Um, so if you like him and, and job security over a few other blokes in the back line, um, or back line cheapies, should I say, jump on him. Um, Heat going on at the Tigers. Tommy Talia replaces Robert Jennings on the wing. Oliver Clark replaces Zane Musgrove at prop, who's injured. Uh, Matt Ice, who's been a good supercoach player in the past, starts at off for Alex Tawal, who's gone for a lengthy period with a knee injury. 
Elijah Taylor back on the bench. Wilson, thoughts of the Tigers? Uh, yeah, there's plenty of players in that uh, to rotate in the forwards, so you're probably a bit reluctant to get Eisenhuth. He's probably marginally underpriced. I had a good look at him because he's been super coach relevant in the past. Um, he's probably underpriced by maybe 30 to 50K, which is probably not quite what you're looking for. But if he was a player that um, in Twal's absence picked up 65, 70 minutes – he is going to put up some significant scores. So if you've got some inside information on what they're going to do there, you'd probably jump on it. But given that they've got four forwards on the bench, it's hard to imagine that. I thought Sam McIntyre was pretty impressive too. And then the the name that puts me off getting Eisenhuth in is Elijah Taylor on the bench um, because you'd have to think that um, he's going to come on and play some lock. I thought Tommy Talao was really good in his debut without being good super coach wise so he's one to watch. You get another look at him. He could be a cheapie to bring in. Um, I'm really happy to have um, Nofo in. Um, and I know some players um, that have brought Dewehi in. Uh, I think Dewehi could be a top five or six centre wing. I think that's how good he is. And Huge call. What's that? Yeah, I, I just no – I just think, like, he's he's a little bit untapped at the moment and the Tigers are one of the most potent attacking sides in the comp. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I really just look forward to watching the Tigers play. They're, they're, they're a, a side that's um, coming along and I think they'll push for that seven or eight spot. You know, I know they finished ninth for the last three or four years or something, haven't they? Mate, I'm, I'm not as convinced as you are on the Tigers' attack just because of the opposition. They've... Looking back at their results, I mean, yeah, they put points on the Cowboys, but the Kuma Stallions can put points on the Cowboys at the moment. Put six points against the Raiders, who have been pretty ordinary and pretty leaky edge defence at the moment. Uh, you know, the Titans knocked them off. They put a few on the Sharks, who were pretty ordinary at the time. Um, they just knocked off the Dragons. They got belted by the Knights. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm just not as convinced as you are. Yeah, I, I, I guess – um, I like the way that their game is going with uh, Harry Grant. I think Twal might make them a little bit loose in the middle, which actually might benefit their players super coach wise because they'll be chasing more points. Yeah. Um, but they're aside, I don't know. I, I mean, apart from that Canberra game, I can't really remember a game where they've scored under 20 points. Like it's just, they've always got points in them. Like, Mbai was just lethal on that left-hand edge. He's a player that we know is not super coach relevant, but if they if he continues to um, get that clean ball and play like that, well, you know, maybe he's worth looking at because he's going to get the goal kicking as well. So, um, I don't know, they're just a very interesting side to me, super coach wise. You, you don't know where the points are going to come, but apart from Nofo, he'll always put up good points. But, yeah, I, I, I'm really interested to see how their season plays out. Yeah, and I mean, I was I was looking at Noffa this week and still am, and I was worried about their opposition and how they're going to go against stronger opposition. But look at their draw. They, they, they're pretty big winners from the draw, I think. They've got the Dogs this week, and it's Penrith, South Sydney, Brisbane, Parramatta, Warriors, the Knights, and the Dogs. So, you know, their run of games isn't too bad there, so there's no reason why they can't keep scoring well and potentially winning games of footy. Um, wrap up the team's analysis there. Desi, what trades are you eyeing off this week? Um, well, I've got to get rid of Turbo, so I think I'm just going to go Turbo to Ponga. 
Uh, it's pretty much a straight swap. Um, and then the second trade, I'm going to do 12 to Bodu, Bodu Waker, I'd say. Yep, like it. Um, Walton? Um, I think I'll probably hang out to try and get Teddy in. Um, I'll go 12 to Teddy. I've got a bit of money in the bank, and then that'll leave me at a 100 grand deficit. So with my other trade, I'll have to downgrade to someone. I was pretty interested in Jermaine Jolliffe as a downgrade um, in the front row. I thought he'll make a bit of money over this time, but I might just do it um, in my centre wing, but who I do it with is a big question. Like uh, I think Best is a hold, but Best actually has a break-even of 63, so it sort of depends whether you think he's going to come out and do what he did in the first two weeks, which is is not guaranteed really. I mean, you know, like he came out and scored a couple of tries and looked really good, but the next two games after that he's looked pretty mediocre. So I'm not certain that he's a um, player that you have to have. So, um, but he's, he's definitely made you some cash. If, I'd love if there was someone in the halves or reliable that I could – downgrade one of my players to, but I just it's going to work out like that. Yeah, look, Best was the biggest victim of the Ponga playing on the right edge thing. I mean, I, I can see Best being a potential keeper provided Ponga goes back to that left edge and plays on his strong side and feeds Best this good ball. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think yeah. it will happen. I think it will happen, but, I mean, who knows? I'd, I'd love to hear from O'Brien what happened on the weekend, but, yeah, I think – if Ponga does, for some weird reason, stay on that right edge, I think it kills best. So we'll see how it goes this weekend. Um, I'll be jet downgrading probably Eliezer Katoa and then upgrading Bray. I was thinking about going Brayley to Cook or McGuinness, but I've been pretty big this year on just getting a strong 17 out there without any weak links, which can provide those 15, 20 scores. So um, I might go a bit of one of my outside backs who's peaking, maybe a Kurt Mann or a Zach Lomax, and go to Daniel Tupu on my off now. Uh, I'll probably renege on this by come Thursday night, but I don't mind it. Um, well, I, I would not be trading out Kurt, man. I've just been so impressed by him. But um, if you go back and have a look at the history of his scores, and you'd know it better than me because he's in your side, <coughs> and the way he, he plays, oh, mate, I'd be having him in there for that Cowboys game. Yeah, well, that's it. I'm in the next week as well. But I mean, I've got Yo there. I've got Ramian, who I like. his upcoming draw. I've got Best there, but I think he's probably a hold. Um, you know, maybe even Zach Lomax. I know he scored well on the weekend, but that Roosters game's a bit of a worry this weekend. So I don't know. We'll, we'll work yeah, I reckon. Out. I reckon around Ramian or Lomax. You know, so yeah, like you're right up there, Timmy. Like you're right in the mix. So these are the big decisions that'll make a difference for you. Yeah, so you blokes, the experienced ones. Do I do I play safe and stay up the top, or do I go to the pod getting two poop? <laughs> I'd bring in Damien Cook if I was in your position. Cookie. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He's the second best player in Supercoach. I like it. Oh, um, and your captain and vice-captain, Des? I was initially going to go like a VC on someone like Mansour or Corusa on that first game, but um, after speaking to you guys today, I, I think I'm most likely going to go the VC on Munster and the C on Ponga straight up. Yeah, nice. I'm VC Munster for sure. And then I'll be going C on Teddy if he plays. Um, but if not, yeah, Ponga straight up as well. Um, Walton? Yeah, I think I'll probably go uh, 
Oh, it's really tough because I'm going to have Teddy and Ponga, but I'll probably I'm probably looking to captain Ponga, so somewhere around there. Like, um, but the VC will be really that relevant because I don't think he, I think they're going to be the two biggest scorers of the round. Yeah. Um, and we'll jump into a few questions before wrapping up, fellas, and. Um, we'll start with one because there, there's been lots of questions about cash V points and the example there is do they upgrade to a sort of a, a Mitch Moses to a Cam Munster or do they downgrade to someone in the back line for like an Xavier Coates or, or the Hammer or one of these guys who's set to make big money. Um, we speak about it every week, but, look, it comes down to how your, how your 25-man squad is set up. If you're a side with a lot of injuries, um, you're not generating enough much money on the, on the band – Get your cheapie in like a coach and get that money because you will need it. If you set up pretty well, you've earned some good money to start the year and your squad value is pretty high, go with Munster and chase those points. Um, I know Des and Wilson, they speak all the time about going points over cash. So bank those points if you can, but don't be greedy with it because you do need money in there as well. Um, start with you, Wilson. From Chris Woolmer, who to buy this week? He can go Madison and Fodawaka or Pangai and Nothaluma. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'll probably go the first one, even though I have no foe. Um, I think Maddo's just really solid, and and Fodawaka looks like he'd be really solid too. He, he seems to be getting more minutes than um, than Arrow is. So yeah, I'd go with the first one. Yeah, uh, one from Zol. I'm thinking of going drink water to Milf. That is huge. Milf has bottomed right out in price. Price. I think he's about 350k off the top of my head, which is insanity. And has a great run coming up, but obviously it's quite risky. Should I back myself and get him in, Desi? Yeah, no. <laughs> He's just not up to it. He doesn't get enough ball. He doesn't get involved. I mean, I started with him. I was thinking, yeah, he's, he's going to be good. He, he, it, they're just not going to him. He doesn't go looking for the ball. Sure, his run's good, but if he's not getting ball, he's not going to get any points. It's as simple as that. And even if he does, like, fluke a try or two, he's still only going to get 70, 80 points. So it's, it's just not worth doing. Yeah. I'm, he has zero base. Yeah, and particularly – and he goes on later in the question to talk about Sean Johnson and Cam Munster. Um, if money's an issue, you know, it's only about an extra 100K or a bit more to go up to Sean Johnson, who we're all pretty wrapped on at the moment with his run coming up. So, um, you know, it'd be Sean Johnson for me and then maybe Munster if you've got a lot of money in the bank. Billy Robson asks, hey, boys. There's a positional battle happening in my team between George Williams and Scott Drinkwater for the 5-8 spot, and it's giving me cold sweats at night thinking about who I'm going to start. Any input would be much appreciated. Walson, George Williams or Drinkwater in the 17? Jeez, uh, good luck. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't have much confidence in either of them, to be honest. I, I, I actually read that question and I thought, get get them out, mate. Get some. <laughs> So that's my answer. Sorry, I can't tell you one. Just I'll probably be playing Drinkwater if that's any consolation, but without any yeah. without any confidence. Des, can you help Billy out? Yeah, they're much to much those two. I think Williams probably slightly edges him in a better team, but yeah, I'm not sure that would give me cold sweats at night thinking about that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. Um, look. Drinkwater's playing the Knights and George Williams is playing the Eels, so they're both tough matchups. It's uh, it's one of them ones that whichever way you go, you're going to get it wrong. So I can't help out too much either. It's a great question. Um, yeah, this is a good question. So there's a lot of questions about 
ranking the cheapies in order this week um, because there is a lot of them and there's a lot of people looking to go downgrading one cheapie and then upgrading elsewhere in the team. JC Charles asks, what order would you rank the Hammer, Coates, Test New, and then I'm going to add in Avarillo to that conversation as well. I'll start with you, Wiles. Who are your top two out of them four? Uh, it's Avarillo, Coates, Tessie New, and... The Hammer. Oh. I'm going to put Tessie New first as a flyer because I think given 80 minutes, he could be really good. Yeah. Um, and the Bronx upcoming draw. And... Oh, maybe Avarillo. Hey, Avarillo's been pretty impressive in the centres, and I just looked at his the points he's been getting. Um, albeit he's had four line breaks in the last two weeks, so he's had two line breaks for for each game, which is amazing given they played uh, the Roosters. But uh, yeah, like, I mean, he's got some real serious tackle break ability, and uh, he's looked he's looked really good, Avarillo. And would you be happy to spend that bit extra to two hundred and sixty k to get him in over the likes of Coates and Hammer? Oh, I think it depends on your team, but I, you, geez, I, I couldn't, I couldn't see anyone getting excited about the Cowboys, like you know hey, the stuff that they've been tossing up. But I mean, he's really fast, uh, Fado, and he's looked good in his first two games. But like I said, I was looking at him at halftime, and I think he was on single digits for until about the 60th minute. So he got a couple of late. Um, stats, which is, you know, the players are like that. But, um, yeah, without Holmes there feeding him ball on that left edge, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not real keen. Yeah. Des, if you had to get two of those in order, who would it be? Yeah, I'd probably get Avarillo and the Hammer, to be honest. I haven't seen too much of Neo yet, so I can't really comment on him. But obviously, Walsh has wraps on him. But, yeah, the Hammer is just quick. Avarillo is an absolute speedster as well. And, uh, yeah, I'm backing him in. I have to actually play him in my 17 this week. So, well, are you, play, you playing Hammond? I'm playing Avarillo. Over oh, okay. Yeah, one. no, that's yeah, that's solid. I think Avarillo will go right against the Tigers. Yeah. I mean, I've, I have to play him. Injuries are just hitting me too hard. But, yeah, hopefully he gets a couple of line breaks. He seems decent. He's quick. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question because then you could save your codes. He's looking exceptional, albeit in a rubbish team. You know, he's got that really nice draw coming up. And Brisbane sends so much of their, well, not so much of their attack to him, but their fifth tackle options. They kick across field. They do it to him all the time. He catches it bloody three times out of four. So, you know, good luck choosing that one. Um, Luke Rocco Jono, what's the bigger priority? Cleary for Moses, considering their respective supercoach form and the sides they are versing, or getting Madison in for someone like Tapanay or Carrigan? Um, Walson? No, I think when you're looking at these situations, you have to look at, you know, what do you think will be the differential in points? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there could be a bigger sway with uh, like a Cleary to a Moses, but I think a Moses is going to average, you know, 50 to 60. I think he will. I think, I think you know, you've got to take into consideration the 26 on the weekend was against the Roosters. Um and Cleary, you know, like Des said, he'll probably be up around the 80, you know, 70, 80. So there's 20 to 30 points difference. And then the other two was Matto and Tapanay. Well, Tapanay's been pumping out some pretty good scores. So, you know, it's probably similar, like Tapanay's 50 to 60 and Matto is, you know, 70 to 80. So I'd probably say the half. The halfback is a bigger differential, yeah. 
Yeah, you've hit the hammer on the head, hit the nail on the head, should I say there, mate. You, when you've got these options, especially when they're like you know pretty straightforward like that, jot down what you think each player is going to get points-wise, jot down the money they're going to make or lose, and then from there it makes your decision so much easier as to what you're going to do. Um, and then overall, is it going to benefit your 17 or not? Um, so that's, that's the way I try and do it when I can. Um, Desi, one for you as a turbo owner. The Runniger, I think that's how you say it. Ask Turbo to Ponga or Turbo to what he said, Turbo to Ponga or Turbo to Latrell, which would, would then allow him to go Tapani to Madison. So basically, Madison and Latrell v Ponga. That's pretty. Tough. Yeah, that, that's a real tough one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the in the same predicament. I could do Turbo to Latrell as well, but yeah, I, I just think Pongas look so dangerous. I'm, I'm on the Ponga hype train, to be honest. Um, he's so fun to watch as well. You'd rather watch Ponga in your Supercoach team than not. You don't want to death ride someone like that. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Tapney, as de- um, sorry, Walsh was saying before, he's playing pretty close to 80 minutes, scoring pretty well. Um, so, you know, you're not going to miss out too much by playing Tapney in your 17 there. Um, Walsh and Jum501 asks Clemmer, Daniel Saifidi, or TPJ? Oh, geez, that's a tough one. Um, I like Daniel Saifidi. I'm, uh, um, I, I, I love the way that he's playing. Uh, whether that translates, um, he's getting a, he's getting a lot of minutes too. You know, like I think O'Brien believes in him. Um, TPJ has a lot of upside as well, particularly coming into the Bronx draw. You know, like you'd think he's going to get some offloads and tackle breaks and, and that, and particularly with no Fafita there, um, he's an enticing proposition. I, I, I'm actually going to say, <laughs> I might regret this because he'll do something stupid on the weekend, but I'm going to say TPJ is the best out of those three. Yeah, and I mean, TPJ played 80 on the weekend. I read today, I think it was a tweet from NRL Physio, that um, Dave Fafita – I think maybe just getting back into running. So I think he's maybe another two to four weeks away. So that bodes pretty well for TPJ playing 80 minutes, especially with Brisbane. They need to win games of footy and they need their best side out out there at the moment. Um, Desi, if you had to make one choice, would you upgrade Drinkwater to Munster or Moses to Cleary? (laughs) Easy one. Easy one. Drinkwater to Munster all day. Yeah, I agree. Get rid of Drinky. (laughs) Moses isn't going that bad, let's say that. Uh-huh. Nah, and he's in a good like they're hot. They are hot. The yields, you know what I mean? Like, did, like they're going to put some scores on some teams. Like at the moment, they they've got a few. I, I could see him putting a score on Canberra the way Canberra are going at the moment. But you know, like they're they're in the top three teams in the comp at the moment, Parramatta. Yeah, absolutely, mate, for sure. Um, all right, that's it for this week, lads. Thanks for that, Desi. Strong as always. Yeah, cheers, boys. Good to be back. Well, it's not bad input from you as a Queenslander, mate. <laughs> Thanks, lads. Good luck for the weekend, mate. Timmy, keep in touch about those trades, mate. I'm invested in you now. You're my one hope. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to be living vicariously through you, mate, because I can't win it this year. So, oh, well, <laughs> it's going to take a miracle. So, me and Des will be giving you heaps of advice and steering you in the right direction, hopefully. No. I know how quick this game can turn on its head, so I'll, in, I'll enjoy it while it lasts, but give it two weeks and we'll be talking about something else. <laughs> we'll, be riding, we'll be riding a spy home. Or you'll be in the top ten, mate. One uh, of the two. 
You gotta you gotta believe, mate. This is what me and Desi thought at the start of last year, and then you know you know where it ended up. We ended up battling it out. So um, it starts somewhere, and you're definitely in a better position than most people. So um, and I looked at you had a good look at your side, and it's set up really well. So there are some key decisions. You need a lot of luck um, with injuries and stuff like that, but um, you certainly put yourself in a good position. Cheers, boys. I'm keen to ride at home. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cheers guys. Thanks for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 